Hello, I'm Leslie Dudley Corbell, and I'm Diane Doucette Matthews. Welcome to The Mind of a Child. We're so glad you've joined us for today's conversation. So settle in, take a deep breath with us, and let's see what we can learn together. We had mentioned time out in our last episode, and we had so many comments and thoughts about it. We knew that we wanted to revisit it and talk about it. What are we going to start with today? Well, time out is a discipline tool that many parents use. It and is. so I thought we would first explore what are all the reasons a parent might choose to use time out. So what's the first one that you thought of? Parents might use time out when they, want, they think that they want to teach a child a lesson to punish them for something mm, that they've done. That's right. One that I came up with was you, you don't know what else to do. So you just want to get the child away. Just put them away in the other room. I think sometimes parents use time out because they themselves need to want to breathe <laughs> and regain their composure. That can yes. be a reason. Yes, definitely. And then another one is just to give the child a moment to breathe and put themselves together, they think. And the last thing I thought of was that sometimes parents might put children in time out because they think that that will help them behave properly. Yes. They want to make their behavior change. Yes. As we look at this, let's think about what are parents really trying to teach their children when they do these things? Why, what are they trying to teach the kids when they put them in timeout? I think that they would like for their children to learn self-regulation, okay. that ability to control their emotions, manage mm. their emotions or their big feelings. Yes. Might be a goal. Yeah. And then another one would be to teach them that as a parent, they're in control, and I'm going to tell you what to do right now. I think that parents are hoping that their child will learn a different behavior, learn to do things differently if they uh -huh. use time out. Another one was uh, just if you ignore a behavior, ignore the child, that things will change. Diane, do you think that any of these things, any of these goals happen with time out? Uh... <laughs> well, Leslie, you know, I've talked about it. There's uh, more effective ways to do the teaching and the training. Let's look at some of the problems that we see with timeout. Let's go ahead and just lay them out there, that mm -hmm. these are problems with timeout that make it not as effective as we think it might be. Yeah, like the first one is we have been assigned as parents to be the trainer and the teacher and so when we just send them off to isolate in, in another room by themselves, we're not training them and we're not teaching them. And also, if the situation is that their impulse control is out of balance or their emotions are out of control, we're not doing any training here. We're just saying, get out of my sight, go to the other room. So none of that is being taught. Yeah, I, I would agree mm. with that. I think that idea of isolating children to learn these things on their own. I mean, mm. we've talked about this before, but that ability to reflect and think about these things and learn a new skill is also occurs mm. on the developmental timeline. Right. And the young child may or may not have that skill to sit there and think about it. Mm -hmm. We've talked about how, you know, if you listen to our podcast on the brain, we talk about the lower brain state. So when we use time out to punish children, mm. we shove children down into those lower brain centers. And when they are in those lower brain centers, they aren't able to learn. I know. They're only <laughs> able to use the skills that they have there. And we're going to talk a whole lot more about this idea of punishment and rewards in a future mm. podcast. So I'm not going to go into depth on it here. 
but I just wanted to throw that out there because it is pertinent to this topic yes. of timeout. And we've had we've had quite a few episodes where we've talked a lot about the brain. And so if you want to go back and listen to those, that would be important to, to understand this. But also how we started with, were you going to go there yes, too? Yes. Yeah, we'll go. go so Leslie. we start with this idea of we're, we want to, that we're going to use timeout to teach our children a lesson. And then we end up at this place where actually they're not in a state prepared to learn anything at yeah. all. So it ends up being not as effective as we hope it would be. That's right. That's and there are other things to do. Yes. Coaching a child through their emotions. Yeah, let's talk about all the different ways that we can do that. We want to first teach them and talk about feelings. Talk about the feelings that you're having. Talk about the feelings that they're having. Start giving them the words to describe feelings. And then we want to teach them what to do when they have these big feelings. Mm. So those are two big pieces of teaching that have to happen. Yes. We also want to teach them the skills or behaviors that we wanted them to do in the first place. So we can't just assume that we're just going to shove them over and time out and they're going to figure it out. Right. And so we should tell them what to do instead of what not to do. And check and make sure we have that clear and assertive voice that gives those directions. Mm-hmm. We can model the behavior. Yes. Very important to model mm-hmm. the behavior. Yeah, and practice, practice Practice. the skill, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Okay, and then then support and develop impulse control. We can um, use visuals again, Mm -hmm. create a social storybook that teaches the the behavior that we want them to learn. Mm -hmm. And that, that really helps them form a mental image in their head. And so that helps with impulse control because impulse control is seated right there in the yes. thing and picture side of the brain. So pictures really help with impulse control. And I love how we've talked about this in another podcast too, but the pictures, if they're of themselves, and then the play stop and start games. Yes, that's another oh. way to build impulse yes. control. We just played the games, but I didn't realize what it really was doing. What are some of the names of the games? Mother May I, Simon Says. Red light, green light. Red light, green light. Yes, Yes, that's a great one. But yet that will really teach them to stop when they need to. That's that's great. So let's go into some situations to kind of show you what this might look like. So when something has happened and you're tempted to use timeout, this Mm -hmm. might give you some ideas of some other things to do that really could effectively teach your child. Yes, some better options. Let's say your child had markers and they wrote all over the wall. Your heartbeat starts racing a little bit. This is what you can do. You can go to them and say, well, what can we do to get the markers off the wall? Or you can write on paper or you can write in the notebook. What would you prefer to write in? And then really maybe up your supervision. Maybe the markers needed to be in a place where the children, (laughs) the child couldn't reach them. The next one. Let's say the child says no or talks back. Now, that's not a behavior we want to have happen, and we might be tempted to put the child in timeout Mm. to teach them a lesson to not do that anymore. But what if we tried it this way instead? Identify the feeling that's there. You seem angry. You wanted to play longer and weren't ready to clean up. You may say, I feel angry. I wasn't ready to clean up. You may not use that language and tone when you talk to me. So we want to get this across, this idea, the expectation still stands. We can repeat the direction. We can try it again. But it is okay to validate the feeling. Yes. And teach the child a different way Hmm. rather than punishing the child for the behavior and hoping they learn something from that. 
That's Let's perfect. teach them what we want them to know. Don't take it personal that's right. when they talk back to you. It's so, not about yeah, you. It's it, about a problem right. that the child is experiencing, and we're there to help them through that problem. Yes. And, and teach them a can, different way. Yeah, and if you can come at it with that perspective, you want to teach them. So you said validate feelings, give words to what to say, empathy, mm-hmm. and then practice. Yeah. That's great. Okay, one more example, one more situation. Okay, tantrums. Mm. Sometimes people, I know parents have put children in timeout when they've had a tantrum. Right. And we're going to do a full episode on tantrums later, but we just want to kind of throw this out there. So again, I can teach the child about feelings, Mm -hmm. model the feelings and comment on my feelings and how I handle my feelings in order to teach the child. And then when the tantrum happens, breathe and remain composed (laughs) in that moment and coach them through that process. Let Mm -hmm. them know that you're there to help them stay safe. Children don't enjoy having tantrums any more than we enjoy being a part of it. You know, when we send children away or isolate them because they're having big feelings, what pattern are we setting up for when they're adolescents or teens? Oh, goodness. We don't want to miss out on this valuable teaching time. How many adults do we know that haven't yet learned how to regulate their emotions? Oh, my goodness. Perhaps they have had those missed opportunities, too, to learn how to regulate feelings. Let's Mm. go ahead and teach our young children how to handle their feelings, not just send them away to be in time out and learn Mm. how to do it on their own. That is such a major subject that needs to be handled as a parent. I know I did not know how to handle my feelings or even identify my feelings. It's been years Mm -hmm. of working through this and we can't teach what we don't possess. Right. And so it's very important to learn feelings and teach it to our children. And as we teach it and validate and ask questions, we're learning it too. It's yeah. not like an easy task, the things we're saying, you know, oh, just do this, do that, do this. We know it's difficult because triggers are flared and parenting is not an easy thing to do. Yeah, and beliefs are hard. I mean, we all have come to our parenting table with beliefs about the way things ought to be done. Mm-hmm. And so that can be un- feel uncomfortable then when someone's throwing out something that maybe doesn't quite sound like what you believe is important. So we need help. We've said this many times before, and we will continue saying this. When we get in these times, how we even start our episodes is breathing It fills our minds and our bodies with oxygen so we can think clearly, but also praying, praying and asking God to help us in that moment to think clearly. One scripture that we go to quite often is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious about nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When we come to God and ask and pray, he's going to meet us there, and he's going to give us a peace and a calm. And when we're calm, we can teach our children. Yeah. Seek wisdom in these moments, too. You know, we do need wisdom to raise our children. Mm, we do. And James 1, 5, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Hmm. The definition of wisdom I thought was insightful. 
the practical application of knowledge. So we probably know a lot of things to do, the right things to do, but when we have wisdom, it's that ability to put them into practice at the right time. And God can give us that when we ask. And I think that wisdom, you know, when we receive peace and we have that wisdom, Mm. it can help override what may be our learned behaviors that we have. Mm. It can help us question previous long-held beliefs about what is the appropriate, most effective thing to do right now. Yes. It's, we've got to over, sometimes we have to override our, the things that maybe we learned growing up. Yeah. We need to admit. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've <laughs> quite a bit of the stuff in my past, they weren't right decisions and they weren't things that I want to repeat. Right. I want to have a new beginning on, on those. And then the other one, have compassion. Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. So, you know, even in parenting children, just the forgiveness, not to hold it over their heads if they've been they've had a bad day or they've been angry, they've been mean to you, they've said no to you or even swung at you, you know, just to have that compassion for them, just like Jesus had compassion for us. Well, compassion really does allow us to be present with the child and not Mm. take their problems and their conflict as our problems and conflict. Mm. It helps us help them focus on how to solve the problem. Yes. And you brought up grace and forgiveness All of this is covered with grace and forgiveness in that moment. In Christ, we are forgiven. That's right. There's no shame nor condemnation for making a mistake. There's no shame and condemnation on the parent for making a mistake. And maybe sometimes your parenting (laughs) hasn't been the what you would hope it to be, and you were triggered in that moment. This is not what this is about. There's no condemnation for the child. There's teaching Mm -hmm. and redirection and learning new ways to do things. Mm Mm-hmm. What a gift that we have those that we can hold on to and cling to as, as we parent and as we do life. God is present. God is present. And I think as parents, we need to be present with our children. When we experience internal, external conflict and pain, God's with us and we need to be there with children of when they experience those kind of situations. Yeah, be present with them when they need you the most. You're their person. Yes. You know, we talked about COVID <clears throat> during a time mm. when isolation was a big issue for many people. And we talked about the rise of drug addiction, alcohol use, suicide, pornography, mental illness. All of those things were on the rise. I mean, we are designed to be in community with one another. That's right. So rather than isolate children when they experience a problem or experience big emotions, let's be present with them. Yes. Let's teach them. That way, when they're teens and adolescents and elders, they will come to you when they have problems. That's right. And if they need your help. This just just makes me you know, tear up because I think all the teenagers and, well, all ages, they feel so lonely and isolated. And what we need to do to the people that are close to us is just be an example as Christ did, come to me, all those who are burdened and heavy laden. And that's what we need to do for our children instead of pushing them away. Thanks for listening. Check out our Instagram at themindofachildpod, or you can email us at themindofachildpodcast at gmail.com.